Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast. The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets. The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet. This where we tell us worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the modern the reformation yeah the bar biblical and reform welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne the building right back in here another tuesday super excited as always be coming through your speakers through your earbuds wherever you listen to the bar we're grateful that you are listening and like i do every week i start the show by thanking the listeners thank you guys for being just awesome bar guests listening in every week man shout out to the new bar listeners man i see you guys uh, new bar listeners checking out the show, sharing and buying gear. I see you guys. Big shout out to all of y'all. We really appreciate that. And like I do every week, I bring in awesome guests. This awesome guest came directly from Mr. Omaheezy himself, Mr. Virgil Walker, uh, my brother from Just Thinking Podcast. If you're under a rock and never heard of Just Thinking Podcast, please check them out. But he told me about this young man, said that, uh, be a really good guest for me. And uh, y'all know me. I've always trusted Virgil since the very day met. So I reached out to this young man. We're going to have him on the show. None other than my brother, Michael. How you doing, sir? Doing well, Dwayne. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Doing great, man. Glad to have you on the show, man. I want to give you an opportunity to jump right in, man. Share a little bit about yourself, personal, professional. You got the floor to do that right here. All right. So I'm part of a ministry called Adam's Road. And uh, I was actually born and raised in the Mormon church. So I grew up in a works-based mentality where I believed that I had to establish uh, my own righteousness before God. I was in a very devout Mormon home. My mother uh, was a professor at BYU. I spent my high school years out in Utah. uh, And every aspect of my life, culturally, uh, socially, everything else was intertwined with my religious identity, much like Saul of Tarsus. In fact, he said to the Galatians that he was advancing in Judaism beyond many people his own age. How extremely zealous was he for the traditions of his fathers? And that was me uh, as well, trying to establish that righteousness before God. And so that's the way I grew up in this religious mentality where I was trying to you know, prove my worthiness through the laws and the ordinances of Mormonism, believing that that was going to uh, save me and bring me into eternal life. Mm. So I... Uh, at the age of 19, if you guys have ever seen the Mormon missionaries walking around the streets, they've got the white shirts, the ties, the name tags. Yes, sir. So that was me. In 2004, I went and served my Mormon mission in Orlando, Florida. And so I got sent there, had no idea what to expect uh, other than I knew that there were a lot of Baptists in Florida. So <laughs> uh, I very zealously went about uh, trying to make converts and trying to show people that the religious institution of Mormonism was in fact the only way to have eternal life in the presence of God. And that's what I was taught from the time that I was a child. And that's what I believed. And so that's what I communicated to others. 
So my zeal uh, was so intense that about four months into this two-year mission experience, I actually very uh, fervently attempted to convert a Baptist pastor to the Mormon church. (laughs) And so um, this was an experience that is humorous, but it was also life-changing for me. And I want to preface this by saying that the majority of my two years knocking on doors in the state of Florida, I encountered a lot of people who said that they were Christian, mm-hmm. right? And who professed yeah. to follow Christ. But yeah. I, I will tell you that um, the way that I was treated as a Mormon missionary by people who were so-called Christians um, is, is abhorrent to, mm-hmm. to be candid. Uh, I remember just countless instances of, of meeting people, engaging with people, uh, introducing myself and having them tell me, well, you're in a cult and you're going to hell. Now get off my doorstep and never come back. <laughs> uh, and uh, that was my experience. So I kind of became accustomed to being rejected by people, being rejected by Christians and just by humans in general. And so when I went to Calvary Baptist Church in Winter Garden, Florida, and I encountered this man named Alan Benson, Uh, I didn't really know what to expect. I guess I figured that he was probably going to respond like most other people responded, Right. Um, but he didn't. In fact, uh, I remember meeting him and introducing myself and shaking his hand. And I said, well, my name's Elder Wilder. I'm a missionary for the Mormon church. And we want to sit down and have a discussion with you about the gospel. And he he was so genuine and he was so (laughs) compassionate and so kind. And he just said, I would love to sit down with you guys. Now, I think he knew something we didn't at the time, right, right. And that, that uh, we were an opportunity for the gospel. And I wish that that's how every Christian sees every unbeliever mm. as the person who is an opportunity for the gospel to transform that life. And so we went back to his office a couple of days later, we sat down with him and I'll tell you, you know, when Jesus led his disciples outside after they were in the upper room, you know, the night before he was crucified for the sins of the world, And he said, by this will all people know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of set the the standard, right? The paradigm for the church was that that Christians would have a unique love that nobody else in the world had. And that love would come from the source of love, which is God. And his love was manifested in Christ. And so as Christ followers, we should be able to be identified by the love that we have. And so this pastor, he loved me. Like he genuinely loved me. He, He... you know, we're taught to have a ready defense for the hope that lies in us, but we do that with gentleness and respect, right? right. I think a lot of people omit that they second forget half. that part. Yeah, that's for sure. So he gave us the floor. He gave us this opportunity to share our belief system with him. And, um, and after we did so, he looked at us and he said, guys, I can tell that you're zealous, right? You, you sincerely believe what you've been taught. And I appreciate that you're willing to sacrifice your young lives to, to share this message. However, I need to tell you pointedly that the the message that you are sharing, this message that is rooted in works and ordinances and laws and commandments, that's not the gospel as has been revealed through the word of God. Mm. And so at that point, um, Pastor Benson could have done a lot of things. And one of the most common questions that I get in ministry is, well, what do I say to a Mormon? Or what do Mm -hmm. I say to a Mormon Mm -hmm. missionary if they come to my door? And there's a lot of things we can do to expose the fallacy of their, their religion. However, Um, there's only one thing that's going to save them. And that's that, which is the power of God into salvation, right? Right. The gospel. And so Pastor Benson, instead of sharing with me what was wrong about Joseph Smith or the foundation of Mormonism (laughs) or or elements of its history, he shared with me the one thing that could bring me to salvation. And that was the gospel. And so I sat there as this Mormon missionary (laughs) and I heard the gospel for the first time in my life. I'll tell you, I was 19. I knew Christians growing growing up, um, but 
to my recollection, not a single person had ever shared the biblical gospel with mm. me when I was a Mormon. And uh, I think that's an important point because how many opportunities do we have in our lives to proclaim truth to not non-believers, but we see them and we either we get scared or we say to ourselves, well, they're never going to change. So what's the point? Right. And, and we walk by opportunities almost daily you know, right. to profess truth to people who need it. So Pastor Benson saw me and knew that I needed the gospel. And so that's what he did. And he shared with me the, the sufficiency of the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross to cleanse me of my sin and to bring me into right standing with God. And that my salvation was not dependent and contingent upon the good things that I could do for God or my adherence to these laws and ordinances of Mormonism that I would never be good enough because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So my only hope then was to trust in the finished work of Christ, right? That was paid in full on the cross. And that by that offering, I could be given the very thing that I was trying to earn. (laughs) And that was right standing with God. And so when I'm hearing this, like, I want to be honest, like I didn't know what to think, but I think that my, my response in my head at least was, well, that just seems too simple, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you shared the gospel and someone's like, well, that's too simple. There's got to be more to it than that. Oh yeah. And so that was kind of my response because I had this kind of convoluted, complicated um, gospel that I had been taught my entire life where I believed that, yes, Jesus died for my sins. Yes, he rose from the grave, but that wasn't all that was necessary for me to be in good standing with God. I had to do my part, right? And my mm-hmm, part constituted... Mm-hmm all of these works and ordinances and other things. And so at the end of our encounter, I actually got pretty upset at him. And I think I was upset, not because he was deliberately offensive or because he was anything but kind, but I got <laughs> upset because I was convicted. Mm-hmm. Right? Hebrews 4.12, that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so I felt the piercing of that conviction. And then at the end of our meeting, Pastor Benson gave me a unique and life-changing challenge. And he said, you don't have to trust me. What I'm asking you to do, what I challenge you to do is go home, pick up the Bible and read the New Testament through the eyes of a child, right? Put right. away your preconceived notions, um, submit your will to God, submit what you believe is truth to what the word says is truth and allow God through his spirit to pour into your heart and to show you the gospel. And so um, that was the challenge that uh, set my life on a trajectory that would forever change my salvation. And wow. I praise God because of it, um, because I did accept his challenge. Um, and so I actually spent the rest of my two-year Mormon mission uh, reading the New Testament daily. In fact, I had about 20 months remaining. And in, in those 20 months, I read the New Testament in its entirety 12 times. Wow. Um, <laughs> and every time I read through it, I wanted to go back to the beginning. I wanted to read it again because I wanted more of what it had to offer. And for those of you that have read the Word of God, right? especially for that first time in your life and you're introduced to that truth, it's like it, it, it fills you in a way and satisfies you in a way that nothing else in the world can. Exactly. And so it was through the reading of the word of God um, as a Mormon missionary over that 20 month period that God poured his heart and his love into my heart through the Holy Spirit. He opened my eyes and revealed to me the sufficiency of Christ for my salvation. And, um, and I was actually born again uh, while I was a Mormon missionary with about three weeks left. Wow. That is amazing. Amazing story, man. It's it's a beautiful thing, man. Just the the power of the gospel. You know, uh, one thing that 
really stuck out to me was, you know, how you said it was so simple, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people miss that aspect of it being simple, uh, you know, uh, simple yet so profound. And, you know, it's, it's just it's a beautiful story, man. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, that's that's definitely uh, amazing to hear. Um, I want to kind of keep going with the story, you know, because uh, I always tell people about my personal conversion. I wasn't in uh, Mormonism. I grew up in the church. I just, you know, I was a, a heathen, you know, I act like yeah. I was saved. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I always tell people after, uh, you know, being uh, convicted and, and really brought into the arms of Christ, it's still, for me, it still wasn't happily ever after. There was some growing on the other side. Yeah. So let's get into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, God finds us in different ways. And, and I think that's evidence of my story, of your story, of every testimony is that God loves us when we're his enemies, you mm-hmm. know, and, and no doubt I was his enemy. Um, and yet he loved me and he sent Christ to die for me. And so he found me as a Mormon missionary. I got saved as a Mormon missionary by the grace of God. I was born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ. But uh, I was in a unique predicament, right? Because here I am representing this this religion outwardly that I no longer believe in. Right. My mother is a is a world renowned tenured professor at Brigham Young University. My father's a high priest in the Mormon Church, right? So I'm kind of in this very unique predicament of not knowing where to go from here. And so right. my prayer to God at that point was, "What do I do? Right? Mm-hmm. What do? How do I come forward to my friends and my family and my life and my community about this change that has been made in my life?" Now, God, of course, he, he answers prayers, not always in the way that we want, um, but his answer to my prayer came just two days later. So after having this born again experience, two days after that, it's tradition that when you're about to conclude your two-year mission trip, right? So when you have about three weeks left, and I was just at this point, you're supposed to stand in front of all your missionary peers and your Mormon leadership, mm. and you're supposed to share with them a personal testimony of what you've learned throughout the course of your two-year mission. <laughs> uh so that was God's answer to my prayer was kind of to throw me in the refiner's fire and, uh, and to share my testimony. And of course, this, this exercise is, is meant to get up there and to share how your testimony in the Mormon church has been yeah. strengthened as a result of this. So sure. for me, I'd had literally the opposite experience because I had lost my <laughs> entire testimony in this man-made right. religion, but I had gained a testimony in Christ alone. Right. And so I remember getting up there at this pulpit and looking out, there's about 40 Mormon missionaries, my, my leadership. And, um, and I said, the one thing that I have come to learn over the course of my mission is that Jesus is the only thing that I need, mm. that uh, I am now saved and redeemed by the blood of Christ. I now have the guarantee of my right standing with God. And I know where I would go if I die. And it's not because of what I've done. It's not because of my works. It's because I finally recognize the work of Christ mm-hmm. and the price that he has paid for my sins on the cross and that, that substitutionary death on my behalf. And so after sharing that testimony, uh, I didn't know what the repercussions were going to be. But two <laughs> days later, uh, I got a phone call from my Mormon leader and he said, hey, we need to, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, at that point, you know, I, I could no longer hide the change that uh, God had wrought in my life. And so I sat down with my, my leader and we talked for about three hours mm-hmm. and, uh, and he questioned me about, you know, doctrines and beliefs. And I basically told him everything that I'd come to learn through the reading of the word of God. And I told him that I no longer believed that I needed this religious institution or authority to have a right standing with God. And right. I didn't need a prophet or a man to mediate between me and God, because there's one God and one mediator between God and men. And that is the man, Christ Jesus. And so after sharing all these things with my, my Mormon leadership, I was told that I was being deceived by Satan, that mm-hmm. I was on the path to hell, 
uh, that I was possessed by the spirit of the devil and that I was an antichrist. And I ended up, you know, having to go home three weeks early from my mission and face the <laughs> cultural and familial and relational repercussions yep. of my testimony. Mm. And um, the thing that I remember so clearly when I was on the plane ride home and I'm 21 years old, you know, and I'm knowing that at this point, I don't know how my family is going to react. I'm going to lose the the relationships of my friends and possibly my family and, and the community, my reputation. I'm going to lose my scholarship and education at Brigham Young University. I wouldn't be able to return. I, I knew that my life was going to change. Right. Um, and I remember being on the plane ride home and I was reading Philippians chapter three, where Paul you know, is talking about at first all the things that he had to boast in of his previous life in the law. And then he says that everything that I once counted as gain, I, I consider those things as loss yep. compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord. And like for me, when I came to know the sufficiency of Christ, there's nothing that can match that matchless love. Mm-hmm. And so whatever our cost is, that cost becomes irrelevant compared to the gain because nothing and no one in this world will ever be able to offer you what Christ alone offers. Right. And that's, I think, one of the most significant parts of my testimony personally is that Jesus is enough. And, and, and for anybody anywhere that has to incur some cost for following Christ, I, I can tell you uh, that it's worth it. And it will always be worth it because what Jesus gives you uh, is greater than anything else. And I think my favorite verse is John uh, six thirty five, where Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And so, I got home to my family and now I had to tell my girlfriend, my, my siblings, my parents, you know, about why I was uh, in this predicament. And um, I didn't tell them a whole lot other than I encouraged them to read the New Testament too. And mm-hmm. that was my, I said, read it like a child, just like that Baptist minister told me, right. <laughs> pick up the word of God and read it through the eyes of a child and allow God's word to, to transform your lives. And so I left them with that challenge and God began to work in the hearts of my siblings and my parents uh, first person actually that he really reached was um, my high school girlfriend. Mm. Uh, we were we were Mormons together, very zealous, very devout. And I went on my mission, and she was at BYU. And uh, throughout the course of my transformation, I was sharing the gospel with her through letters and emails. And she took up that challenge. She started reading the Word of God, and uh, no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws him. And and so God began to draw her as He was drawing me, and she was born again too while wow. a student at BYU, <laughs> which is the own amazing testimony. And so we ended up getting married. We eloped, moved to Florida and kind of ran away from our Mormon lives and started all over. And uh, my siblings, uh, Matt and Katie also came to a saving faith in Christ. And my parents, um, as difficult as it was and as much time as it took, you know, God uh, worked through his word to reach them uh, with the the power of the gospel. And they came to know that that Christ could offer them something that, that nothing else could. And so to this day, both my mom and my dad have also Wow. Uh, been redeemed by the blood of Christ and left Mormonism. And my mom uh, has written a book uh, that was published by Zondervan several years ago and has been all over the world sharing uh, her testimony, the gospel, all to the praise and glory of God. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I'm glad I decided to kick that can a little bit further, man. That's an amazing story, <laughs> man. So before we head to the break, man, you got something on the horizon. Probably by the time this show airs, is going to be available. Talk about that a little bit before we head to the break. Yeah. So um, one of the first things I was inclined to do after God had made this change in my life was to tell my story in written form. So actually a week after my mission concluded, I started writing a book. Uh, It took 15 years 
but it, it's it's finally done to the to the praise of God. So it's called Passport to Heaven, and it's my testimony. It's not even my life story. It's my two years as a Mormon missionary of how God changed the life of a Pharisee and brought him to the grace of Christ. And so it's really just all the intricate ways that God reached into my life throughout those two years um, and, and brought me to the precipice of his grace. And so, yeah, I, I pray that it's an encouragement uh, to people to, to know that like nobody's beyond the reaches of God's grace. You know, there, there's no, it's not like, well, he's a Mormon. He can never get saved or he's right. an atheist or a Muslim or Jehovah's witness or whatever. I mean, that, that's the power of the gospel. That's the beauty of the gospel is that it redeems us from, from any and all backgrounds. And so um, it'll be available on June 2nd uh, from, from anywhere books are sold. And I just praise uh, God that, that um, he was able to, to tell that story through me. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, you know, part of being on the podcast is you have to send me a copy. So just so you know. Yep, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's it. I'm, I'm excited for you. That's going to be amazing. Um, the link should be in the show notes to uh, the book where you can pick it up. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, the YouTube clip that you sent me. I really like that. That was uh, of your testimony, kind of a little bit a little bit more. Uh, I guess if people want to hear more about that, awesome and amazing. So right here, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, what's up, folks? It's your boy, Dwayne. This is The Bar Podcast, a podcast that's interview style. We interview well-known preachers, seminary professors, ministry leaders, app developers, artists, and even local pastors. Tune in every Tuesday to your favorite podcast, The Bar Podcast. You will find a new episode and a new guest. Go to thebarpodcast.com or any of your favorite podcast catchers. Peace. All right, we're back in here with my brother, Micah, man, this is the side of the show. Uh, I call it the fun side of the show, where it's the bar signature questions, three questions I, I ask all of my guests. And the first signature bar question is, what kind of music do you listen to? <laughs> you know, I grew up in the 90s, so I'm kind of a 90s guy. I like, I like 90s pop rock, I would say. Nice. It's kind of my, my music of style. Um, so things like... You know, the Goo Goo Dolls or Gin Blossoms, uh, Wallflowers, that type of stuff. I got you. I can dig it. I'm a, I'm a 90s grew up kid, too, so I, <laughs> I know that era. All right. Next signature bar question. What book or books are you currently reading? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm reading a book by uh, Sean McDowell called Chasing Love. Uh, and that's a phenomenal and powerful book, especially because I'm a... a a father, a teenage son. So, so uh, it's been very instrumental and helpful in, in our discussions of, of love with our, with our children. Nice. Good deal. All right. Last signature bar question is what podcasts or sermons do you listen to? If any? Yeah. So I, uh, you mentioned at the beginning, I, I love my brother Virgil uh, and Daryl oh, and just thinking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think they're at the top of a lot of people list. <laughs> <laughs> They do amazing work. Good deal, brother. Well, listen, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure and an honor to meet you. And I always like to give my guests an opportunity at the end to kind of close us out. Uh, any words of encouragement? Uh, also, let them know where they can find you and, and things that you got going on. You got the space to do all that right here. Yeah, so um, 
just like to introduce the ministry I'm a part of uh, called Adams Road Ministry. You can find us at adamsroadministry.com. Uh, we're a music and testimony ministry. We travel all over North America, spend about four to five months a year on the road uh, sharing the gospel. And the unique thing about our ministry is that everybody in our ministry is former Mormon. And many of them are people that were um, intimately involved in my life as a Mormon missionary. One of them is actually my own brother, Matt. So it's pretty awesome how God has brought that uh, to fruition in our lives. Awesome. Um, we give away all of our music for free. We don't sell anything. So you can go to our website, download all 10 of our albums for free. And our uh, motive is really putting the word of God into music. So there's a lot of Christian fluff out there, um, whether in books or media or music or whatever. And we really just want to take the word of God and put it uh, into music. So that is that is kind of our mission. And we don't feel right about charging for that. So we give all that away for free as well. And so that's just kind of our heart, like Paul, where he said, what then is my reward that in preaching the gospel, I can right. offer it free of charge. So um, yeah, I just encourage you to check that out and get the book. And um, you know, for any Christians out there that, that come across a Mormon missionary or Jehovah's Witness or anybody else that might wander into your door or into your life, um, just remember that um, it's our call and it's our joy and it's our obligation to, to share the gospel. Amen. And to go out into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation. And so uh, I know it can be scary, it can be intimidating, but if, if that you know man had not opened up his mouth and shared the gospel with me, I don't know where I'd be today. Right. And so I just praise God you know, for bold and loving Christians that, that, that saw me uh, when I was in darkness and, and proclaimed the light of Christ. Right, right. Amen. And what I really loved about that, man, is you talked about how a lot of people you know, came at you with the, you know, uh, I guess the whole Mormonism, you know, conspiracy theory and all of that other <laughs> stuff that comes with it. So that that's really good, man. Make, make sure we focus on the gospel and, and don't get uh, distracted by all the other uh, things that you might have heard or saw on YouTube <laughs> about yep. Mormonism. So really cool, Absolutely. man. Appreciate you, brother. To the bar listeners, make sure you guys check out your favorite podcast every Tuesday, The Bar Podcast. Go to thebarpodcast.com. Make sure you go to thebargear.com, pick you up some bar gear, and make sure you go to thebar.network to hear all the shows that are on the Bar Podcast Network. And until next time, you guys, God bless, and we are out. Bye.